All right. Thank you for tuning in. As you've probably already read in the title, uh, Aaron and I are going to tackle and discuss what's been a polarizing issue for decades, quite frankly. Um, that's the topic of, of abortion. Um, so why are we doing this? Um, there's been some recent news that's come out um, through a leak in the Supreme Court in which there was an opinion drafted, which um, implies that what we should expect is Roe v. Wade being overturned uh, by the Supreme Court. Um, I believe that was a five to four uh, ruling, which was in the opinion. Again, it's, nothing's been formalized yet. But what this means is not that necessarily abortion is going to be outlawed or banned or illegal, uh, federally at least. Um, but what this means is that the rights will be given back to the states to be able to make the decision. Long story short, this has caused a lot of uproar, a lot of protest, a lot of debate um, in the public square. And so um, it's just become a good opportunity to, in a timely time, to have this conversation. Um, and the goal of the conversation really is to educate. I think there's an opportunity here um, to respond and uh, ultimately just properly characterize the pro-life position um, because it is ultimately you know, misunderstood among its opposition and even among a minority of Christians. Um, and so we want to have a healthy discussion that provides a better understanding of the pro-life position and hopefully even educate because there are solid arguments uh, f um, in opposition to the pro-abortion position and for the pro-life position. Um, and so with that, um, I'll get us started and jump right into it. Um, Aaron, uh, I'll let you introduce yourself slash also answer the question, how would you generally define the pro-life position? Aaron Simpkins here, host of the True Strength Life podcast. Uh, <laughs> we, how do we, how do we define the, the pro-life position? Um, generally, uh, we're very, uh, pro-life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, I think honestly, I'm a simple guy. Honestly, the, the phrase itself sums it up. Like we're pro-life. We, we want people to live. We want people to, um, to survive and especially not have innocent people die and suffer. And I say innocent because I know Marcus and I, we, we do differ a little bit on the, uh, the death penalty issue. Um, but that again is its own debate because we may not be talking about innocent people but when it comes to the abortion topic we are talking about the literally the most innocent among us and who who should be getting the most protection possible instead of what we are seeing the least amount of protection possible it just is so mind blowing um but but yes, pro-life, I would say, is um, very protective of the innocent and wanting to see people live, wanting to see people um, live, thrive, uh, survive. And yeah, I, I think that, at least from my end, uh, that it kind of sums it up. Yeah, yeah, I think it is ultimately a pretty straightforward claim that uh, pro-lifers make, um, which is that we are pro-life. It, it really, it really is such a pretty holistic and exhaustive, excuse me, uh, term, if you will. And I'll even just kind of clarify it with some cute little phrases, which is a uh, pro-life for the whole life, uh, from the womb to the tomb. Um, and pro-life is like 
is in reference to not just the the unborn, um, although as Aaron said, they are the most innocent among us. I wholeheartedly believe that's that's a fact. That's true. Um, but pro life is also to mean <clears throat> and be directed towards every single human being, um, regardless of your gender, ethnicity, even sexual orientation, faith or lack thereof. Um, just simply affirming that every human being has intrinsic value and worth. Um, and that, and of course, as Christians believe made in the image of God, um, whether they believe that or not. Um, and so that is where this moral ethic of loving people, com- being compassionate, empathetic towards people, serving people, uh, comes from is just simply because we believe life is valuable. Each person is valuable, um, and is made in the image of God. And so, um, that yeah, so that goes of course beyond the unborn. But today we're focusing on those innocent lives um, of the unborn uh, in this specific case. So that's how I would generally define pro life. And I think uh, as Aaron and not Aaron said, we we would generally agree we're on the same page there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything you want to add to that? No, I was just gonna say like it's not just Christians that are pro life. Uh, there are there are atheist pro life organizations. There are are you know all different people from different backgrounds that, that, you know, have claims of pro-life. But, but as a, you know, general statement about, you know, majority, typically pro-lifers get, Christians get lumped in as being pro-lifers because quite honestly, we should be. But, uh, but that is when people think of a pro-lifer, they automatically think Christian in their head. Yeah. Um, which I don't necessarily, I don't have a problem with, because like I said, I think that's that's what it should be. But uh, so yeah, I, and and the pro life stance, I, I guess I'll take that kind of to one more level too. Uh, and and as a speaking as a Christian pro lifer, it's it's not just that we want to see people born and you know care for them outside the womb, but it's it's also spiritually we want to see you live and right. uh, and and see you saved. Cause that's ultimate, you know, pro life. I'm, right. I'm for you living for, you know, for eternity, uh, with God, not separated from God. Yeah. So, you know, so, so when we get into these arguments and all, there are many, 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 we're not even going to touch all of them, but many illogical things in the pro choice stance. Um, but from a pro life standpoint, as a believer, Everything that we argue are based is based in science, based in logic, based in reason, but mainly at the foundation, it's the gospel message of we want to see you saved mm-hmm. and and see you live for God that way. Yeah. Because that is ultimate, you know, that's ultimate pro life. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, literally the the ultimate uh preservation of life. Um and that's, yeah, that's solid. Cause I, I don't, you know, just for those who are maybe don't just, just want to simply kind of lay out the gospel it, very simply. Uh, we believe that all humans have fallen short of the glory of God, meaning that we all have sinned and we all have, um, because of our sin are in, in naturally bound to sin, all are deserving of hell. Um, and so we're all going to die. Um, and basically, Jesus gave us another path. Um, he is the way, the truth, and the life uh, towards life. Um, and so, 
that is the ultimate preservation of life. And I just want to affirm what, what Aaron just said. Um, I'm trying to throw out that, throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, did we go over kind of real quick the how what we're trying to cover in this episode? No, but I was about to just kind of lay out that we are going to be kind of addressing and responding to those common pro-abortion, pro-choice uh, arguments um, and laying kind of laying claim to what the pro-life position is in response to um, those arguments. Yeah. And so we're going to be doing that. Uh, we're also going to and with within addressing that, we're going to bring up things uh, like, like common language, you might common phrases, wording you might hear used. Um, I know I've even had those used to my face, you know, people I know. Uh, and, uh, we're also at the very end, we're going to give uh, some references to check out to organizations, uh, ministries, websites, different media, you know, things like that. So yeah. do, if you don't want to hear the whole thing and you just want to get to what we had to say, you just read the notes or, or go or just fast forward all the way to the end and, and we'll bring that up at the, at the end. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what's going to be included in this episode. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, yeah, so we'll get started. Um, what I'm going to try to do is kind of um, label the argument um, uh, that is, again, the pro-abortion argument. And then what we'll do is I'll, I'll try to put... Um, and I'll go ahead and put these on the screen. Um, but each kind of responses that we've even gotten, Aaron and I, um, as we've been in communication with other believers, other pro-lifers, um, kind of comments, I won't put their names out there, but other comments that were kind of um, thrown out there in response to some of these arguments. Um, and I just want to highlight those. And then Aaron and I will also chime in and kind of just share, um, again, uh, more from the pro-life position. Um and so the first one we're going to start with is the uh, the argument that Christians are or pro-lifers are uh, pro-birth, um, but not necessarily pro-life. And that pro-life is not the right term to use for pro-lifers. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, and uh, so let me read this comment um, in response to that. Um, and then uh, what kind of Aaron and I will discuss uh, again that the pro-life position is so the comment here uh, is that pro-life people aren't saying, again, this is someone from the pro-life position, uh, pro-life people aren't saying that if abortion ends, we can wipe out, wipe, wipe our hands clean of the issue. We don't believe a young man should ever be able to walk away and leave a young woman alone and pregnant. We think that the churches should look to support adoption agencies and pregnancy centers. Uh, but that's the thing. Most of our churches do give to those organizations. We aren't just uh, pro-life in the womb. I've watched our church give towards our benevolent fund specifically for uh, trying to help people who can't afford some things. But the classic argument about how we should be looking to do other things before we talk about ending abortion doesn't go together and essentially isn't a, a logical argument. Um, so Aaron, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and respond and, and chime in or uh, towards that argument, the pro-birth argument. <clears throat> well, uh, absolutely pro-life is pro birth. I mean, that's, that's the, the foundation of, of life. Uh, and so obviously that's, um, big part of it, but yes, the, anything, everything that backs this argument from a pro a pro typically, you know, pro choice or again, we'll say this like pro life only cares about the, the womb and 
nothing else. Like, oh, the baby's right. here. And then it's almost like they picture a group of pro-lifers. <laughs> so, you know, chanting and, and raving, you know, waving signs for this pregnant lady. And then she goes into the room and has the baby. And then all these people walk away. Walk like away, that's yeah. what they, that's what they like think happens here. And, yeah. and f- number one, that's, it's, it's, it's just so utterly false that yep. it, it statistically in any type of a way of stats you want to use, it's wrong. It's, it's verifiably false information. And it, it just, it's, I, I, I quite honestly, there's, there's so many arguments like that, that I, they, they come from people who generally use a lot of fancy words use a a whole lot of words to build up this whole big thing. And, you know, as you see it on Facebook and people going back and forth, you know, these are the people that write down, you know, seven different paragraphs and you got to, you got to keep clicking, see more, you know, to see all their words because they want to, they want to write down everything. And it's like, you're just wrong. You, you just are actually wrong about your stance. And that's where truth comes in. You know, truth is truth no matter if you like it or not, it just is. Uh, and this is, this is one of those things where, where there's, there aren't facts on their side. You know, people who are pro-life, again, like we said in the beginning, are generally Christians. Uh, and Christians, when it comes to adopting, uh, Christians, when it comes to, to personal charitable giving, uh, Christians, when it comes to supporting, supporting pregnancy centers, uh, churches, when it comes to uh, helping out pregnant women, um, even if it's, especially even if it's not women that are regularly involved in their churches, that is by far done by Christians and pro-life people. Like it's not even, yeah. I don't even know how they could take that to the stretch of it, of, of it being, you know, even not true a little bit. Like, it's just not true. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I don't know how else to, to say it. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's 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 you said earlier verifiably false. Like, and that's that's why it's such a strong point because you literally can just Google um, the statistics, and it's just not true. Like, Christian organizations, pro-life organizations, uh, whether faith-based or not, are the ones doing most of the work around uh, pregnant mothers, serving pregnant mothers, serving young families, serving single mothers, single single parents, single fathers. Um, they're the ones doing most of that work. Um, Christians started orphanages and maybe that's not the strongest argument, but you say, well, Christians change or whatever. Okay. I I guess that's fine. Um, but today, as of today, Christians adopt twice as much as any other group in society, as much as the rest of society as, as one solid group, Christians adopt twice as much. Um, so the idea that, oh, well, you know, you, you want them to be born, but you're not going to adopt them. You're not going to take care of them. You're not going to whatever. Um, and that's just, again, verifiably false. Um, I personally know missionaries that have that have come out of churches and you think missionaries and you think, oh, they're going just to preach or like convert people to Christianity, which, of course, is always in the you know, in our minds as believers to share the gospel. But I know missionaries that are literally their, their sole purpose was to start a pregnancy center in these places to serve young mothers. So they knew they had other options besides abortion um, and to serve them, to actually serve them in that, hey, I can provide, you know, whatever it is that you guys need, uh, whether it's financially, uh, from donations or, 
um, with some of the practical things, diapers, um, formula, stuff like that. And then speaking of formula, we obviously know what's going on right now with this formula shortage. I mean, to be honest with you, the most people, most I see online of, of organizations and and people that are stepping up to like really meet the need here are believers, are Christians, are pro-lifers. Um, and it's just kind of so ironic that like this is the time that, you know, this leak comes out and everybody's so up in arms about it. And these arguments are like, oh, pro-lifers aren't doing anything. I mean, he, this is a perfect time in our in our country's and our nation's history to just see that's so false. Um, yeah. I mean, Christians are the ones mobilizing. Christians, pro-lifers are the ones that are showing up at people's doors with formula. People like driving all around to find this formula for people. Um, like it's just it's just not true, um, you know, that we, we care about everything. I mean, so it's just it is what it is. I mean, it's just flat out false. Yeah. I know I've personally been uh, tra- probably at this point driving my wife crazy, you know, to make sure she doesn't forget because she's the one that, you know, does our food shopping. You know, we, mm-hmm. we know a few people in our life who either just have babies or are, or are pregnant, you know, about to have babies. And uh, I've told her, you know, from now on, when you go out, take notice of what is, you know, what is out there uh, for yeah. formula so that you can like reach out to them, let them, you know, ask them what they need, uh, what they use so that when you know, when you go, uh, you can either pick it up or just take a picture of what's there and send it out to people so that people are aware of what's in that store. Right. Right. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. Um, so that's, that's been cool to see, honestly. Um, and it's funny too, cause a lot of these people that are, that, that will, they'll literally share a post or whatever saying that like, you know, pro-lifers don't actually care about the formula shortage and like the very next post they share that, you know, says like, hey, there's these, you know, formulas on this shelf or here you can go to this organization. They're sharing a pro-life Christian organization's post of yeah. them literally meeting the need. Um, I've <laughs> literally seen that. So it's it's just it's sad. Um, but I just want to put that out there. Like, that's just not true. Like Christians are and pro-lifers because um, I don't always want to make them synonymous. But. Um, are the ones that are meeting this need. And, and on, honestly, when no one's paying attention to this issue, Christians and pro-lifers are still, whether you know it or not, meeting those needs of pregnant women, of single parents, of families that are just in need in general for whatever the case may be. Um, doesn't necessarily have to do with children. Whatever the need is, yeah, churches are showing up. And I'll say this. Don't get me wrong, guys. Of all, I can I can hear people say right now, oh, you guys are just up in Christians and stuff. You know, well, in, in my experience, you know, Christians suck. And, you know, there's nobody been supportive around me. Nobody's reaching out to me. I don't hear, you know, I don't see churches knocking on my door to see if I need any help. That is totally true, too. Um, and and yeah. there are, uh, yeah, like as good as and as much as we do, Christians do, pro-lifers do for this, much more needs to be done. Amen. Amen. That's good. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. That's, that's really good. Cause there is a lot of, you know, I want to validate people's church hurt and like experiences people have had with Christians. Like it's not all butterflies and rainbows. Um, but we do affirm that like, we're, like I said earlier, we're broken, uh, people just like everybody else and we screw up and the church screws up sometime. Um, and we're not the best representatives of Jesus, but I can, all I can say is Jesus is so much better than we are. Um, so I, I do want to validate that. Um, move on to our next argument. Uh, that we want to respond to. Um, I kind of just call this the extremism argument, um, which is the high, you know, the, the pro-abortion argument that'll highlight, you know, these really 
extreme cases that make up a very um, minute um, percentage of cases that result in abortion. So again, that's the argument. I'm going to read this comment from a pro-lifers point of view. Um, And the comment was this. One big thing is that the instances are always thrown out about rape, incest, or threatened life of the mother, uh, also known as ectopic pregnancies, I think is how you pronounce that. Uh, But the percentage of these cases, um, of cases where that is the cause, is incredibly small. They are still tragic and horrific and need to be dealt with. Uh, He says, I could even live with exceptions being made in those cases just because I don't expect non-Christ followers to conform to the same ethic of sacrificial love that believers are called to. But still, instantly going to those cases as the premise to make the rule is a knowingly unfair way to argue, and pro-choice people know that. I don't like the term gaslighting, but it's a form of gaslighting, looking at a very small brushstroke and saying that's the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What do you think? I think he said said it very well. Um, And again, I'm a simple guy, so I I make things a little simple. this, uh, at the very end of the day, pro, pro-life, um, uh, anti-abortion comes down to what is happening in the abortion. What is happening? A human being is being killed, slaughtered, horrified, uh, horrifiably so. And <clears throat> so... As bad of a situation as you can think of that can happen to the woman for for her to get pregnant, nothing of that justifies now the response to that is to turn around and kill an innocent human being. And I know we haven't covered yet uh, because and I've I've had this thought, the the only leg that pro-choice has had to stand on is one, first of all, that they make up for themselves. But the only leg they have to stand on is if the baby inside the womb is not a human person at any point. Because as soon as they're not, you can you can justify anything. That's the only leg they have to stand on, and it's a leg they made up, like I said. But uh, that's, you know, we'll get into that argument at some point. But, um, but yeah, it's it is a human no human woman has ever given birth to a non-human <laughs> and uh and so you you in, in an abortion a innocent human being is is being killed and is being murdered specifically because it's it's a it's a thought out intentional killing and that is what hap- is what is happening even in cases of rape and incest and that type of stuff. So again, not to try to say like we're downplaying those things because, because we're not. And when those type of things happen again on the front lines, usually are Christians and our people there to care for those individuals. Um, again, we can do better, but typically that's what it is. Um, but that does not justify the, the, the decision to turn around and respond to that horrible act in a way of now I'm going to kill this innocent human being. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think um, it is obviously 
as was said, horrific and, and tragic events that, you know, we're referring to with, with rape and incest and even uh, the th threatened life of, of the, the mother. Um, and so obviously we want to be empathetic and compassionate towards those things because they are tough and they need to be dealt with. And like Aaron said, um, I do believe that as a, as a, as a church, as, as believers, as community of you know, Christians, followers of Jesus, like whatever you want to call us, um, we, we are bent towards the brokenhearted and the crushed in those situations. Um, that being said, those, that minute number of cases that that applies to does not justify the other vast majority. And I, I'm using vague language, but let me just put the, the statistics out there because I do have them at the top of my head. Um, all abortions that are the result of rape, incest, or um, threatened life of the mother make up 1.5% of all abortions. Those, that's the statistic. 1.5%. Um, and I'll even be generous. Let's just say less than 2%, all right, or make up all abortions. That does not justify the 98%. And really, from a pro-life position, what is unexcusable, inexcusable is the 98%. Right? Like, what we're talking about is the 98%. Like, as Aaron kind of alluded to, there's no justification of uh, an abortion or murdering babies um, just solely because of convenience and solely because uh, my life will be better if I, if I didn't have the, the pregnancy or didn't have the birth. Um, and so really, I think to the, to the comments point about gaslighting, having the conversation about the less than 2% is unhelpful. It's unhelpful. Um, because even as this person said, like, there and there's there's nuance and complexities here. Not all pro-lifers feel the same, but I know personally, I I I and I'm not speaking for Aaron here, but I know personally, I am totally okay with an exception with the light, the threatened life of the mother, and I mean actually threatened life of the mother, like not you know, putting on paper, oh they you know they might have a boo boo later, but like you know the mother's actually going to die if they go through this pregnancy, um, and to be honest <clears> with you, I'll say. And I don't, I don't know if people actually consider this, but the term abortion itself, to me, makes more sense in that case than it does any other case. And in other case, I just call it murder. Like, I call it murder. I call it whatever. But to be honest, I'm, I'm willing to give a little bit on the, the, the ectopic pregnancies. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, where Because in, in that case, if you think about it, everybody involved wants the child. Everyone involved intends to have the child. Um, and normally these are at the end of the pregnancies that, you know, these cases are happening when they're, they're going to, you know, eventually, you know, uh, going to labor and have the child and everybody's excited, got the room probably set up at the house. Like the, the doctor's expecting to, 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 um, help with the birth of an actual child. And now it's dark in here. That's okay. Um, you know, and that whole deal. So like, I don't necessarily consider that to be a, a murder because nobody's, Nobody's like, oh, I can't wait to like end this life. They're literally hoping this child will be born. And at the end of the day, it's a tragic event that's happening that that does not allow them to to do what they ultimately wanted to do, which was to hold their their alive baby uh, in their hands at the end of that. And so um, it's unfortunate. It's tragic. 
Um, but again, the, the, the 2% does not justify the 98%. So I say we talk about the 98% and figure out why 98% of people are choosing abortion and for, is it justified? And I, and I don't think really there's any justification for it at all. Um, I agree. Uh, I mean, I, I would go, I agree and I disagree because I, I would go, you know, a little farther in saying that, uh, within that 2%, um, the, the, the percentage of, of cases where it would actually be a woman's life at risk, which I, I've heard a little bit of discussion about that and, and doctors and all break that down and how, like, how, how insanely rare that actually is, um, because of how advanced we have, we, we've gotten with, with medicine and stuff. And, uh, <clears throat> So that that in itself is is insanely rare. So that I think where where a woman's life is actually at risk, I think is probably a very, very small amount of that two percent. So then the rest of that two percent we're talking about those other horrible stuff. You know, the other horrible horrible acts. And like I said, and I'll you know, I stand firm on this, like even within those horrible acts, that doesn't justify killing the baby um so you know to me we're still talking about like i know you said you know i'm just nitpicking but like you said we're talking about the 98 percent. to me we're talking about like the 99.7 percent. you know what i mean yeah yeah thank you for listening to the gospel and culture podcast if you're interested in hearing the rest of this conversation please stay tuned and check back on this platform for the next parts of the conversation and as always you can find our content on our website which is linked in the description below. God bless.